Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 19th, 2017, and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 160, 160, starting with the second paragraph, Many a Man, Yet Days from the Hospital Experience. I'm reading through two paragraphs today that ends at the top of page 161 with their loving and all-powerful creator. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Kalina M., The 12 Traditions, Leslie C., Reading the text in support today is Marie J., Gina R., and Kathy Jo P. The reference numbers. Yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting reference number is 10560, and that was for Wednesday, October 18, 10560. And for today's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, Thursday, October 19, 10562, 10562. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kalina M. to read the 12 steps. Hi, thanks, Melanie. This is Kalina M. from North Carolina. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and our life had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us back to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, made a fearless and moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Kalina M. Lessie C., would you please read the 12 Traditions? Yes, thank you. My name is Lessie C., and I am a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting their groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, and OA group are never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Lassie C. How our meeting works. Always, I'm sorry, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 160, starting with paragraph 2, Many a Man, and reading through two paragraphs today at the end at the top of 161, an all-powerful creator. I will now ask Marie J. to begin our reading and study today. Good morning, Marie. 
Morning, Mal. Thanks. This is Marie J, and I am recovered in Colorado. Many a man, yet dazed from his hospital experience, has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he capitulated entirely when later in an upper room of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of women, that indefinable something in the eyes of men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place conspired to let him know that here was Haven at last. The very practical approach to his problems, the absence of intolerance of any kind, the informality, the genuine democracy, the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. He and his wife would leave elated by the thought of what they could now do for some stricken acquaintance and his family. They knew they had a host of new friends. It seemed they had known these strangers always. They had seen miracles, and one was to come to them. They had envisioned the reality, the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. Wow, that is so moving and, and powerful. Um, you know, as, as a human being, I need to belong. I need identification, and I need to fit in. That's just human nature. And when I was in my disease, I didn't fit in until I found the rooms and, and, and the program and these steps. And even when I went to my first meeting, I looked around the room and I saw slim and fit people and my thighs were spilling over my chair and I was uncomfortable and fat. <clears throat> and I was thinking I was in the wrong meeting. And then I, I heard them speak and I realized that they had found the solution. And, and for me at that time, it was vanity. It was, you know, the solution was being thin. But um, I, you know, I'm looking at these people and what's coming out of their mouths was so powerful and it was so beyond losing the weight. But I did lose the weight. I lost the 90 pounds and that was an important part of my program. But more and more I realized that there is more and more to be revealed in my recovery. And, and it's not, you know, it's not about the food, it's not about the weight, those are parts of it, but it's about the rest of this, working these steps and having the freedom. And, um, you know, there was a time when I, when I got recovered and I rested on my laurels and I, I stopped doing the daily work of maintaining my spiritual condition and sponsoring and reaching out and talking to people and working in 10, 11, and 12. And I see that happen with my own sponsees who get to 10, 11, and 12 and they don't continue the daily work and they don't stay in the lines and they don't stay in the, in the relationship of belonging to this, this group and they relapse. You know, I did. Sometimes it takes a couple of relapses. I relapsed twice before I really got it and got to know how serious this disease is. And I thank God every day now that I have more than a year of recovery and I've had the same weight for over a year and a half and I'm just blown away by this that I just can't take anything for granted because every day this disease is knocking on my door. And every morning I get up and I do steps one, two, and three before I even put my feet on the floor. I give it to God. And not a day goes by without several connections with fellows. 
talking to sponsees, reaching out to people, taking calls from other people, and I meditate and I get on these calls. And I also have to be there for you. I need to have it for me and I need to be there for you. I need to have the courage to share on these lines. I need to be vulnerable. I need to tell my, some, my story to somebody who needs to hear it and can feel the belonging that they need and know that they can call me and they can connect and I can call you and I can connect. It's so powerful the sense of belonging, and to know that when I reach out, you see me. And when you reach out to me, I see you. But it only works if we're all in it. If we're all in it. I can't do this alone. And when I get into the isolation that can still happen, it can happen any day, and even being recovered, I have to remember to connect. I have to connect with God. I have to connect with you. I have to do the steps every day. I have to connect with the work. I have to do these things to connect and to belong and to maintain this recovery. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Marie J. We are reading from page 160 out of the big book, paragraph two and three. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs? Gina R. Hi, Gina. Very happy. Oh. Sherry KB and Kathleen O. Wendy M. Hi, Wendy. Let's go with that. Gina R., Sherry KB, Kathleen O., and Wendy M. And then right after that, I'll give some information about something. Go ahead, Gina. Thanks. Thank you so much, Melanie, um, for your service. <clears throat> this is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona, and I just want to extend a very um, heartfelt welcome to anybody who's new on the line, <clears throat> um, especially if you're brand new to um, a phone meeting. Welcome. Um, many a man, yet dazed from his hospital experience, has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Um, I actually, when I did my fourth step um, the last time, I found that I had a resentment toward people who had hospital experiences. Um, I came into this fellowship through uh, the, the mother fellowship. And at that time, um, I was able to uh, achieve sobriety just by going to meetings. My husband, on the other hand, ended up going to um, a treatment center. And he had... Um, the experience that is described about Bill W., that instant experience. And I always um, felt like I was missing out on something. And it wasn't until I was able to lay the food down and really capitulate, and I love how they use words that, that seem archaic to us, but... To capitulate means to surrender after negotiation of terms or to cease resisting. And that's what started to happen for me when I yielded to this process, doing it exactly as it's outlined in this big book. I was able to capitulate to um, what I believe my higher power had for me. And I was able to come to terms with um, that resentment I had, and I am now able to um, understand that we all get here um, through our own uh, unique experience and experiences. 
And some of the people in this program have had to go through um, surgery or hospitalizations uh, where their food is uh, tightly uh, managed for them, but they still have to come out and do this deal every day. And that's where I know I am the same as every one of you. We are just rolling up our sleeves every day, um, recognizing the things that continue to bother us. And there's something bothering me right now. And I will um, reach out and do a 10 step on that with another fellow later today. And for that, I am so, so grateful. Thank you, everybody, for being on the line. And uh, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Sherry KB. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie, and welcome everybody on the line. Um, Sorry, got a scratch in my throat here. Um, Many alcoholics who entered there came away with an answer. Um, And to me, and it says he's come to the gay crowd inside. and catapulted and succumbed. So, you know, they're very similar. Both of these words are very similar. Uh, catapulted means surrender, gave up, resistance, submitted, succumbed, and succumbed is gave up, surrendered, and submitted. Um, Bill used to love to use the same words in a paragraph, but with different um, different words for, for the same meaning. And to me, this is describing what, uh, when I walked into a meeting uh, that was electric for me, um, I used to live in Southern California and drive to L.A. to these meetings that were just so amazing. I live in Northern California now, but they were so amazing to me. They were electric. People were on fire. That I wanted what they had. And this also reminds me of this meeting. When I listened to this meeting, um, I guess it was in 2013, I started listening, and, and I felt like you people were on fire, and I wanted what you had. And, you know, I was able to find freedom and find answers because I found someone who got me through the steps in this book, and it catapulted me into a new way of living. And um, I just, I loved the the camaraderie. I loved the fact that it is a WE program, that, you know, I have a practical approach to my problems now. Um, and, you know, love, patience, and tolerance is my code, and I've learned to do that and to pass it on to others. And to me, this is what this is about. This is about saying, you know, and what's interesting to me is throughout the book, different things are repeated several times with going from the negative side of being in the disease to the positive side because here it talks about the gay crowd and everything, like when Bill was waiting outside when he had um, his business venture went through the tubes and he was going to go into that gay crowd in that bar. Instead, he went to the telephone and made a call and here we're in a gay crowd of people who, um, you know, at meetings and, and the people on this phone bridge and, you know, just how different our lives can be um, when we do this work and having a higher power in my life. And, you know, I we were um, at our workshop last night and, you know, there was laughter and tears and, you know, it was just all in there and I could just feel our higher power in the room. It was just amazing to me, and I feel the higher power on this line every day, and that's why I'm on it every day. And um, and just making a host of new friends and people that all of a sudden, you know, feel like they've been friends and they were strangers when I first met them, but they felt like friends. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Kathleen O. Good morning. Thank you. 
Good morning, Melanie, and everyone on this line. Um, this is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of the strangely assorted crowd. I love that word, strangely. Um, and I believe that man and his wife were T. Henry and Clarice Williams. I think that's how you say her name. And she was actually a friend of Dr. Bob's wife in Akron, Ohio. And, um, and you know, Al-Anon started from, from the, the couples getting together. Um, and that second paragraph, um, many a man yet days from his hospital experience had stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. And there's that word freedom again that's used many times in the, several times in, in this book. Um, and I love that word freedom, you know, freedom from alcohol, freedom to choose abstinence, freedom to grow spiritually. Um, on page 83, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And I have found that to be absolutely true. Um, and the the word stimulated electric atmosphere. You know, there was a haven at last. Um, yes, this it's a safe place where, where I finally, when I came into the, you know, in the 12-step recovery, it was like I felt safe. It was like I finally felt understood and where I, I really kind of found like I felt I found my peeps, you know. Um, people under people had the behavior I had around food. I didn't feel alone anymore. I felt like other people understood what was going on. And so I no longer felt alone in my insane behavior around food. And And in the rooms, I found a solution. And you know, and the solution is to follow this practical plan of action. And I am so grateful to Vision where we all have a place to go. Um, you know, we're on the phone, but it's amazing the relationships I have with people that I only know on the phone. Um, and, and you know, the connection I can have with people without even seeing them face-to-face or knowing what they look like. But I'm so grateful. Thank you, Vision, for a place to go, you know, where we all know that studying this chip of a book is the answer. And this is where we find the answer and the solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Wendy M.? Yes, good morning, Wendy M. Gratefully recovered in Colorado. And thank you, God, for the absence I have this morning. Uh, and thanks, Melanie, for your service and everybody else on the line. I, you know, and I just want to, I, I forget to do this, but if you're new or struggling in relapse, in the food, feeling afraid, feeling lost, um, I want to say, like, please call me and everybody else um, because this really does work. And it says here the very practical approach. There's nothing mystical about this. There's nothing um ethereal there's no magic although i do believe god is magic but that's my own personal thing um it's a very practical approach right we have this book and it tells us exactly what to do and it's not you know several solutions it's just one solution and this solution works so if you are struggling if you are in the food call me call somebody today um Every time you lean in and make that phone call, God appears. Every time I take an action, God shows up. Um, and then it says here, the uncanny understanding with which these people had was irresistible. And so the food was irresistible for 50-some-odd years, irresistible. Um, and it's just the understanding of, you know, you walk into the room and the heads start nodding. Um, you know, a whole host of friends. 
Um, it seemed as though they had known these strangers always. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. My very first meeting in Los Feliz, in Los Angeles, 16 years ago, Friday night, I'll never forget it. Looked around. I said, I am not alone. I knew they knew me, and I know that I, that I knew them. And that is irresistible um, because, as was said before, the sense of belonging is um, there's nothing like it. And it's the greatest feeling in the world. Um, and then it says they had seen miracles. And, you know, I had two miracles yesterday. God is amazing. So God gave me these miracles. Two different people. And they, these are VIPs, right, in my world. Oh, these are the important people. Um, they corrected me. They outed me for a mistake I had made. And I spent my whole life making sure I would not make a mistake in front of you. Ever. I would keep eating, but I did, wasn't going to make a mistake uh, because the shame I would have felt, right? That don't, I don't want to be found out. Don't, don't point anything out. And yesterday, my reaction was, thank you, God, to both women for showing me, um, showing me something I didn't know before. You know, set aside what you think you know. And I took it as a gift from both of these women. Um, it wasn't about don't expose me. You know, at first I was a little bit, oh, God, I made a mistake. Of course, I'm human, right? But the difference today is God has changed my mind, my head, my thinking, my reaction, my behavior. And in the past, I would have called like 10 to 15 of you to tell you how horrible they are and how they've harmed me and I'm a victim. And today it's, oh, my gosh, they're pointing out something that I can change. What a fabulous conversation that is. Um, so I'm seeing my part. And when I see my part, Time. it's God. It's all God. Thank you so much for letting me share. And everybody have a great day. Thank you, Wendy M. I'd like to pause for an announcement for all. Sunday, October 22nd, this Sunday, the current member list will be cleared to reset, stabilize, and revitalize that list. Please register again on Monday, October 22nd, 2017, following the directions as if you are new. And that's the announcement. Thank you. So let's resume the study and comment on page 160, paragraph 2 and 3. Who would like to add to the discussion today? Carolyn C. Maggie T. John K. Okay, got a few here. Let's see. We got Catherine M, Carolyn C, Maggie T, and John K. Did I miss anybody? Okay, sounds good. Catherine M, you're first, followed by Carolyn C. Thank you, and thanks everyone for their service. Uh, my name is Catherine M, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Seattle. I was looking at the part here about, uh, you know, the, he succumbed to that gay crowd inside, meaning the crowds at the meetings. And if you go back to page 154, where we had Bill standing in the lobby, and at one end was the bar with the gay crowd inside, and the other end was the church directory, you know, he found a much better gay crowd. I found a much better gay crowd. The, the fellowship, uh, I haven't been to a big event in a long time, and unfortunately, I just missed our region convention here in Seattle. But you know, I, I got into program in L.A. and I, I would go to the birthday parties and just be amazed at, you know, this entire ballroom full of people who totally got me. 
And then I moved to Northern California. And, you know, I had a fellowship right there when I walked in. And I am still in close contact with a couple people from those days. You know, these are the people who, who you know, threw me a baby shower. And, uh, you know, I had so many tight connections with these people. And then I moved back up to or moved up to Seattle area and found fellowship there. I, I've gone to meetings in other countries. I've gone to meetings in other cities. And I can walk in those doors and, you know, that electric atmosphere, the, you know, there's something about the eyes of the people there, uh, you know, talking to, to newcomers in other areas. It, it is such an amazing fellowship that, that really is everywhere. Uh, so I, I love these, these phone meetings. And, you know, it, it's funny because the first time I called in, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, there is recovery ex- other places besides my own little world. And of course I knew that, but just hearing other people and, you know, hearing the depth of recovery. But I also do really encourage people to try to get to, to real meetings and to get to some of the big events if you can, because there is something that's so amazing having that, that, that big presence of people and, you know, standing in a room of, you know, hundreds of people and saying the serenity prayer. Uh, it, it you know, this great reality, this this loving and all-powerful creator, uh, you know, it's definitely something that I feel God's love, a higher power's love, when I'm in these rooms with these new friends, you know, even, even people that, uh, that I haven't even met yet. Because, you know, we've all done the same things. No one really understands some of the, the stuff that we did with food, except someone who's really been another compulsive overeater. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Catherine M. Carolyn C. Hi, this is Carolyn C. Recovered for today in Colorado. So grateful to be on this line. Thank you so much for your service today and everyone involved in the call. I don't have my big book in front of me, um, but I've been listening to both meetings. And I just feel really compelled to share a little bit about my own experience. I came into the rooms a year ago, and I came into a room not into a phone call. And I was so incredibly blessed to have someone in that room who listened to these calls and talked about that and shared that experience, strength, and hope. And I continued to go to meetings in the rooms and eventually started calling into a vision for you. And it's been a collective experience of hearing multiple voices and seeing multiple experiences, both good and bad, that have helped me to gain my abstinence. And every day, almost, I listen to a vision for you to ground me before I head into this, into my work, into my activities, whatever it is I'm going to have to do for the day or that I get to do for the day, and, and that I'm able to bring all of you with me and through my experiences. And um, I just think it is so important to continue to bring a vision for you into the rooms of OA meetings because there are so many people suffering and so many people that could use a vision for you, perhaps, as a way to um, find true recovery, true freedom, true joy, Uh, from the food obsession and to really finally connect with a spiritual solution. And so I just want to share that in that if there hadn't been someone in my OA meeting 
um, talking about a vision for you, I'm not sure I would have found it. And um, and it's been an incredible blessing for me. I went to the OA birthday party as well in January, and that while I wasn't able to go to New Jersey, there were over 30 of us, I think, at our convention in Colorado that listened to A Vision for You and have created a community here. So please, um, yeah, thank you for being here, and thank you for considering going to meetings if you don't already, because I believe it's uh, it's been a cornerstone of my recovery Thanks for letting me share, and have a great day. Thank you, Carolyn C. Maggie T. Hi, this is Maggie T., recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Very grateful. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about the belonging I've felt in this program. Um, As I'm sure for many of us, belonging was something that I never experienced uh, before the program. And I just lived in complete isolation, terror, self-hatred. Um, And I've been in uh, the program a year and I've experienced belonging. Um, But for me, the thing that's such a miracle is that there's a belonging that surpasses uh, different personalities or conflicts. Um, I had, I've worked on it through my fourth step, um, an intense fear of rejection. But um, the belonging here um, is based on the fact that we are all uh, in the same battle together. And I know that you have my back and I know that I have yours and it surpasses, um, you know, having the same personality or getting along. It's uh, much deeper than that. And my disease will try to trick me and make me want to isolate again whenever my feelings get hurt. Um, But that would mean death for me. And so I'm just so grateful to have uh, this place to to stay close to and this companionship that is helping me to save my life. So I will pass. Thank you, Maggie T. John Kay. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, thank you for your service. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. You know, I, I love the thing it talks about here about how when, you know, people came in and, and heard the, the, you know, the laughter and things like that, because that's certainly the kind of thing that attracted me to program. But, you know, there's actually something missing here, and it, it doesn't, it's not really missing, but it's missing in terms of it didn't exist yet or during this writing because the person, you know, the, 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 the book was talking about something in the past, and and. And I'll explain in a minute. You know, the thing, like everybody said, you know, to come in and hear people talking about stuff, you thought you were the only person in the world doing. And, you know, I'll share that at retreats. And I, I'll always use the the one I love, which is to take a piece of white bread and, and take the white bread part and roll it into a ball and eat it. Well, you tell that to a normal person, they're like, what? Yet everybody laughs at an only meeting because people have done things like that, if not that exactly. And so there's this wonderful feeling of I'm home, there's this camaraderie, and it's great, it's wonderful. But at some point, there's an arc of recovery, meaning it's great to be there to hear that and to come in and maybe tell some of the crazy stuff you did here, but some of the crazy stuff other people did. <clears throat> but at a certain point, you've got to pivot into the steps and pivot into this book. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of meetings, all they do is stay in that. And it's wonderful, and you get this touchy-feely and warm feeling, 
but then the growth has to start. Nothing ha- nothing changes if nothing changes, and that's why you have to emphasize working on the steps, getting into this book. And so if there's something missing from this little reading, it's that, and pick up this book we're about to put out, <laughs> you know, which is what I tell people all the time. And I hear it, and, and I pitch vision all the time in my meetings, and I tell people the line I use is at least once a week, if not more more than once a week, on my vision meetings, I hear a person say, I've been banging around in OA for 5, 10, 15 years and not getting recovery until I joined vision. And the reason it's different is we did pivot. We did pivot into the book. We did pivot into the steps. Yes, it's a lot of fun to talk about certain things, but it's not going to get us real recovery. You know, I was joking with somebody the other day. I said, Lori Harlan and I have the exact same expression for those kind of meetings. I call them group therapy meetings. Harlan calls it dieting with group support, and Lori calls it the soap opera, as in I have to go back and find out, did Jeannie break up with her boyfriend again? Did Fred do this? You know, that kind of thing. And But the important thing is, we have to then pivot. There's this wonderful feeling of camaraderie when you come, but then you got to pivot, get into the steps so that you can change, you can recover, and be relieved and have food put in that position of neutrality. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Time will allow for four more people to comment on those two paragraphs, on 160, paragraph two and three. Donna W. Hi, Donna. Anyone else? Cat K. Hi, Cat K. Jeannie Ale from Hi, Georgia. Jeannie. Let's see where that takes us in time. I have Donna W, Cat K, and Jeannie L. Good morning, Donna. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Great. Okay. Good morning. Uh, this is Donna from Palo Alto, California. Gratefully recovered and breathing clean, fresh air today. I'm so grateful for that and uh, so grateful for program in the meeting. And, you know, today's a big uh, aha for me. I hadn't really gotten the, you know, peering into the, succumbing to the gay crowd of the bar versus succumbing to the great gay crowd of the recovery and you know, I can still feel like, oh, you know, everyone's eating this thing or, you know, they're doing that thing and I'm deprived and, um, you know, I can't have that versus really, you know, the real freedom is when I succumb to the gay crowd of recovery and um, and the rooms and phone calls of Overeaters Anonymous because when I don't succumb to my, um, you know, my substances, then I do have so much freedom, but my, you know, my, my disease brain still wants me to think that that's where the real freedom is, is a bite, a bite of some food. It's just ridiculous that, uh, that that might give me freedom. And I just want to say when I am really working the, the program um, and relying on my higher power and not the, the, the God of food, I just feel so awesome. You know, it's just life beyond my wildest dreams. And uh, that's where I want to be for today. So that's all I want to say is I'm gratefully recovered. I want to hang out with my higher power and uh, freedom from food obsession and um, an allergy of the body. And with all of you guys today, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Donna W. Kat K. Star one, please. 
Hello, hello, can you hear me? I can. Okay, sorry. Um, so um, I'm Kat Kay. I'm recovered for today. I'm really moved with the shares. I listen every morning. I don't usually share uh, because um, before program, I was always uh, the type of person that always had to state my opinion no matter what. So program for me is less about fear of sharing and more about it's time for me to listen for once. Um, but I felt moved and, and felt compelled to share today because I hear a lot of talk about camaraderie in the rooms. Um, and it's so compelling and so true. And um, beyond that, though, I just wanted, I wanted to just state what, what um, is really compelling about program to me is, you know, when I first started sponsoring, I had this fear that, oh my gosh, what am I going to have to share? I have to become like an expert at the big book, otherwise I'm not going to be able to sponsor. And the quality of my sponsorship is based upon how much of this book I really know. And they're not going to recover if I don't know all this. And um, I just realized that it's actually much more about camaraderie and um, just sharing what you do know about the book, going through the book, but sharing, really integrating part of my story, part of my experience and program, and also being there to talk about their experiences and, and relating to the book as much as possible and, and to see that there is hope that, that we can do this together, you know, working with others that we together are on this journey. So I felt compelled to share that because camaraderie to me is much greater than going to a meeting and feeling connected, but it's also um, feeling identifying with the book and doing that one-to-one -one with something that somebody that there's just something so powerful about that. And I'm really grateful today that I don't feel like the quality of sponsorship is based upon how much history or how big of an expert I am. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Kat Kay. Jeannie L., you're next. Jeannie L., are you there? Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. This is Jeannie L. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, thank you. Um, let me first say that I'm real grateful. I almost missed this meeting this morning, and I normally don't share, so um, I'm so excited. Um, I love the um, statement where it says, many an alcoholic who enter there came away with an answer. And and that's what I feel when I um, I have been around these rooms for a long time and gone to so many different kinds of meetings. But when I found when I came here, I found an answer. Um, uh, the when um, and I got a sponsor and I went through the big book and then I could talk about and I could hear what she was saying and it was fi it finally clicked. You know, I got an answer and I knew this is where. You know, my high power had, had had drawn me here, and just to um, um, hear and the other people that could relate, and they could laugh at their own misfortune, and they could and and they could understand mine, and 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 laugh at the fact how I um, could rationalize how certain foods were okay, even though they had sugar, I could rationalize and how that insanity, you know, what I was thinking about food, but yet they can understand. And the fact that um, I got to attend the meeting, 
in uh, this last convention and to see everybody there and to um, just connect was the mo- was the, one of the most awesome uh, experiences in my life. I had not uh, been able to ever do that again, ever do that. <clears throat> so it's just that I just come away today just being very grateful uh, that, that, that there's an answer, you know, because I never knew there was an answer that I could stay recovered. You know, that's just like a miracle to me that you could actually stay because I was always gaining or losing, never at a point where, okay, I'm actually recovered. And I was always in fear. Even when I lost the weight, I was always still in fear, you know, because I didn't have an answer. I did not have an answer. And that just so uh, radiates um, with me this morning. And I just want to thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jeannie L. We have time for two more people that would like to comment on paragraph two and three, page 160. Please press star one to unmute. Hi, Pauline. Lou B. Okay, we'll take those too. Hi, Lou. Let's go with Pauline F first and then Lou and see where time goes. Good morning, Pauline, again. Thank you, and thank you for your service, and um, it's good to be with everybody. um, I've just been away... Uh, on vacation uh, out of the country for a couple of weeks and um, and then moving uh, this week. So it's been three weeks since I've been into uh, a meeting, a face-to-face meeting. And, um, and while I was gone, I couldn't get into uh, these meetings. So when I got back um, Monday morning, I... Uh, you know, I, I just was so overjoyed to be able to connect again uh, and be with you all and hear uh, recovery. And um, uh, it, it's just, as has been said by everybody, as well as what's in the reading today, you know, the, the camaraderie, the fact that I'm known, that I don't have to hide anything. Uh, that with you I can be honest, 100% honest. And um, when I get to go back into a room, which hopefully will be in the next few days, uh, I know it'll be the same thing, and it'll be feeling like, oh, I'm home. And um, I've been in program also, uh, like many of you, I've been in program for uh, decades. And... um, there's just nowhere else in in life that that comes anywhere close. And there's such a, uh, a an amazing feeling of being known in these rooms and on these calls uh, that uh, is priceless, and uh, and I'm so so grateful for. And I know that uh, it's a daily commitment, and with that daily commitment, I get daily relief and daily freedom to be in my life. And um, when I was on vacation, there was a day when I just was um, having some really negative thoughts and I was able to think about all I've learned from the big book and from listening to all of you. And um, 
was able to mm-hmm. just turn back to God, and, uh, and it was fine. So thank you for the, letting me share, and, and I pass. Thank you, Pauline F. Lou B., you will be at our last share for today. Hi, this is Lou B. Can I be heard? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for being here this morning at this meeting and for all of your shares. I've been um, coming to OA since 2006 and um, just newly um, part of these phone calls and a vision, and it's really been a miracle in my life. Um, the pieces of the puzzle that I really have struggled with all these years are coming together. And I've, I met my sponsor, my vision sponsor through these phone calls. And um, I just, you know, right now I'm still struggling with the food. And so to any newcomers out there who um, want to be perfect, <laughs> this is not a program of perfection. This is a program of progress. And, you know, I was triggered with, some abuse issues on Tuesday, and I I took that to my sponsor, which has has been challenging for me in the past. And um, she was there with um, a similar experience with understanding. Um, it was hard for me to accept that I was triggered, and then went right back to the food. Um, I didn't, you know, I want to be spiritually perfect, and I know I have to take this one day at a time. Today, my win with her was that I was open and honest and willing, and um, that's a, you know, that is a new life lesson and a spiritual way of living that, um, that's why we're here. So, I'm going to be triggered again in my life, and I'm going to, hopefully, there's going to be a pause, and I can remember that um, I'm trying to stay open, honest, willing. Um, that it's okay that I'm not perfect today, that she loves me and that I can talk about this today and know that so many of you can relate to what I'm saying and that you're here for me and you're on this journey with me and um, so grateful to be a part of this today. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Luby. Thank you to everyone that ends this particular portion of the recorded meeting, but we will conclude the entire meeting after we have met newcomers, invited sponsors, and um, made announcements. So stay with us for that. We will now close the reading with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Gina R. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Very, very happy to. Thank you, Mel. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.